0: last week I posted an opportunity it was a three family home. So in the, the caption I said, um, it was on my story. I said, you could live in this home, have your mortgage paid for and profit a thousand dollars a month. Um, like DM me if you're interested. And I got 15 solid buyer leads just from that one Instagram story. So
1: the question is this, How do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Ayrton Bucastegui and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was, and he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So, there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US, he uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow-Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce $200 million on 25-hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are going to get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow-Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow-Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out. Especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet, this will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. Real Estate rock stars. this is Aaron Amuchastegui. I'm super excited today. The, you know, it's been a while since I got to do a 30 Under 30 episode. Today, I get to interview Courtney McManus. Courtney's from Milford, Connecticut. You know, she's, got, she's part of Yellow Brick Real Estate. She's uh, got a, a team called Making Moves that she's been building out there, and she must be making moves if she hit the 30 Under 30 this year. Courtney, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Yeah. How long have you been in real
0: estate? I've been in real estate for five years now, so straight out of college.
1: Straight out of college, what made you want to get into real estate?
0: I mean, I I saw the opportunity, right? I was on my way to law school. You know, I had taken the LSAT, gotten into law schools, got scholarships to some law schools. And um, now I was at the part where I was, you know, trying to get those student loans taken out. And it was going to be about $250,000 of student loans. Um, And it was a hard pill for me to swallow, but I realized, you know, I was taking out those loans just to tell people I was going to law school. I wasn't excited to actually go to law school. I just wanted to tell people that I was going to law school. So it was a hard pill for me to swallow. And yeah, I had to really take a step back and kind of explore my options, right? So in Connecticut, it's a very small state. So as I was kind of looking around, I I said, you know, no one my age is getting into real estate right now, who is going to be you know, the person that is really up and up and running in Connecticut selling real estate in a couple of years when all of these people retire. Um, so for me, I have no family in the field at all. It was really just an opportunity that I saw in my area that I decided to jump all over before someone else saw that opportunity and did exactly what I wish that I had done.
1: Yeah. It, that's, it's very cool that you had essentially got your degree the first, you know, got your bachelor's degree, got accepted to law school because yes, yeah. that's, that's a very prestigious thing, right? Like, no, I, I got accepted to law school. I'm going. And for you to have kind of the, the awareness that you could say, I'm actually not really that excited about it. And hey, that loan is actually a lot of money. Most people take out loans without thinking about having to pay it back or without right. thinking about the actual um, expense of it. And then you being able to look around and actually just see an opportunity because you know people do well when they find those opportunities you saw the opportunity said wait there's nobody like me doing this business and whether yeah. it's real estate or whether it's something else there's no one like me doing this business i can be unique that is very very cool so the so how did you how did you get accepted in a 30 under 30 you must be like you must be doing big things
0: so that was like one of my first goals when I first got into real estate. I had so much passion, so much motivation and someone had said to me like, "Oh, you know, you really strike me as someone that could could be like a 30 under 30 honoree." And I was like, "What's that?" You know, I don't I didn't even know what it was at the time. Um so I was like, "You know, let me look into it more and it instantly became a huge goal of mine." I mean, when I first started in the industry, I was I just turned 22 years old, so I was like, "All right, I got 8 years to get this done. This is going to be my number one goal." Um and then, you know, from there, we'll, we'll take it from there and see what happens. But it was, you know, a goal that I worked out for four consecutive years. I applied every single year. Every single year I was working on getting my volume up, seeing what I can do to better myself as an agent, not just number-wise, but relationship-wise, networking-wise, just making a name for myself in the industry so that when those voting polls came out, I had enough ranting and raving fans for Courtney McManus that were willing to go and vote for me every single day. I realized very quickly how relationship driven this industry is and if you want to get from point a to point b you can't do it on your own it really does take a village so i started to realize the importance of relationship building and that was how i was going to get myself to where i wanted to be on the 30 under 30 platform
1: yeah i love the fact that you had like that goal right away and then tried to come up with like what's the strategy what's the plan to get there and realizing how many parts go to that puzzle, just like you said, like anything you could, you, it wasn't just about volume. You also had to like treat people with kindness. You also had to build these relationships and the, how did you, have you always been really good at goal setting? Cause like coming out of college and then saying, Hey, I want to do that. Having that be a goal and working toward it every year. It's not a common thing. I think at, at 22, so the, have you always been really good at that? Did you learn something along the way that made goals a big part of what you focused on?
0: I've always kind of been the first person to acknowledge like, hey, if somebody can do it, then so can I. Um, you know, in college, I'll never forget when I first started college for politics, and it was a giant room. Teacher had me stand up in front of everyone and tell them what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I was a freshman in college at this point, And I said, I want to be president of the United States. And everyone in the room started, they were all dying laughing at me. The teacher was laughing at me. But in my mind, I was like, Why can't I be president of the United States? Someone else is president of the United States right now. If it's possible to get done, I don't see why I personally can't do it. As long as I find the right route to get there and, you know, get the right tools, provide myself with the right, um, you know, tools just to get to where I want to be. I think anything's really possible. And I think that's where a lot of people fail is they put limits on themselves and they, they think, and they say to themselves, well, you know, I could never do that. When I first, you know, Came up with the idea. I wanted to be a real estate agent. My family themselves—they all laughed at me. They were like, you know, Courtney, it's it's not that easy. You know, you can't just go into sales. So it really was having the um, knowing that I had it in myself and really having the motivation behind it to say, listen, if someone else can do this, why can't I? Um, And not taking no as an answer. I mean, I know you can't see it on here, but I'm a very—I'm five feet tall. I'm a very like small girl too, as well. So. When I come to people and I say, you know, I want to be the president of the United States, they would look at me like I was crazy. But it, I used it more as motivation to fuel that because I know that it's possible. I know now if I want to be the president of the United States, it's still possible if I take the right routes to get there. Um, I think anything is really possible if you just you know, can break it down to, OK, this is where I am now. This is where I want to be. What do I need to do to get there? Um, And I think just surrounding yourself around people that are already doing it makes a really big difference, especially for someone that's 22, brand new in the field, doesn't have any family in the industry to give you a handout. What are your next options? Um, So you really have to be realistic about it and not just play the victim role and say, oh, you know, I don't have anyone to help me. Um, You can always find people to help you and help get you where you want to be. It's just surrounding yourself by the right people um, and identifying, you know, where you are now and where you want to be.
1: Yeah, the I love that when it comes to goal setting, it's always best with like setting, like setting this crazy goal, right? And so, so many times, if people are th- start with the process, it's really hard to imagine where they can be. But if right. they set these big dreams and go, "Hey, I, w- I, what if I could get do a hundred million in volume, or whether I could have a hundred million dollar company of this, or whatever it is, uh, business wise, start with that big goal and then back into it, you know, and and be able to be able to back into it." And figure out the steps, and then everything does start to become possible. What was your first year look like? Like, what did you when you first got your license? How did you get your first deal? What was that process?
0: So my first year was tough. I started at one company. I started on a team, and I just wasn't getting as much, you know, help as I need. I was able to at least acknowledge what I needed to get me where I wanted to be, and I just wasn't getting it from that team. So my first year was really just learning the basics, kind of. I didn't even know what a mortgage was when I first started real estate. I didn't know what an appraisal was. So it was really learning the basics and being able to acknowledge like, hey, I'm new. I don't know this. I think a lot of people come into the field and they instantly want to put on this professional face and try and convince everyone that they know everything. And I, I found for me, at least, that it was a lot better being able to acknowledge the stuff I didn't know and ask for help with from the professionals that did know what they were doing. Um, so then I was able to kind of learn from a professional perspective on things too, as well. Um, so my first year really didn't do much, but I was able to at least acknowledge you know, what I needed. So from there, I was able to find a new company that was going to work better for me and then you know, make the transition over there. And within the first three months at that company, I had already closed my first deal. So it really was just about acknowledging that, okay, where I'm at right now isn't working for me. I, I still want this real estate career. I still want it to work out, even though this First taste in my mouth of real estate maybe isn't the best. I see the potential. Um, so I was able to make that move. And, you know, just being in that office every single day, surrounding myself by million-dollar producers. I was the only female in the office for the first, I think, three years. Um, wow. I was their first female top producing agent for, you know, a couple of years. We just recently have built this, this brokerage to, you know, 50-50 female male. But in the beginning, there was only eight, 10 of us, I was the only girl. Um, so to, you know, to prove yourself amongst the men too was something that for me helped me a lot because it was really motivating and humbling to surround myself by these top producing men and have them respect me on the same level that they respected each other too as well. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that respect you and want to help you as opposed to you know maybe the other office that I was in was a little bit more old school where no one wants to help each other. It's dog eat dog and like the old school of real estate industry. But now things are changing. And I think the older agents that can't acknowledge that and can't adapt to those changes are going to have a really difficult time going forward. Whereas these newer, younger agents, we are kind of now paving the way for what the industry is going to look like in, in the future in these next coming years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, it really is that, you know, it, go, it went from a scarcity mindset to a, a, an abundance mindset in so much business. And the, yes. the, even real estate 10 years ago, there was so much of like, no, I'm not going to help you with anything. Like people didn't want to help each other with their clients because this, the risk was the client would go somewhere else. And there wasn't a whole lot of courtesy of like, let me do this as a favor for you because someday, You'll do a favor for me, and then finding the places that do have that abundance mindset, it creates this awesome experience, right? And the, I really liked part of your story too, where you said you shared your goal, and then people like laugh at you and tell you that. I have a, there's a lot of agents that come on here that we say, you know, that, that when they first said they're going to be an agent, how many people in their life told them they wouldn't succeed at that? And uh, a good friend of mine just posted the just posted the story on Instagram. You know, ten years ago, he said. He was in this really rough place and kind of getting getting uh, bullied and like kind of made fun of. And and he, he posted on Twitter, like in 10 years, I'm going to be the most, I'm going to be more successful than any of these other people. And he reshared all the text messages and the tweets of them, like laughing at him and making fun of him. And then this week was yeah. the 10 year thing. And he's got that tweet from 10 years ago, posted on his wall and all awesome. of them making fun of him because now he's, <laughs> he's crushed it. He said that he used that to drive him. So yeah. when, when you can take negative energy and use that as a driver, as a motivator, instead of having it set you back. Like that's that's got to be one of your your key weapons that's worked for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I've been through a lot, especially in the beginning of my real estate career. I had a lot of things personally that had gone on um, physically, professionally. There's so much that had, you know, gone on, and I. I went the other route than I think a lot of other people would. I think when you take something that's, you know, you have so much built up energy, whether it's negative energy, positive energy, if you can put that energy towards something productive as opposed to just, you know, sitting there and feeling sorry for yourself. I think that's when the magic really starts to happen because it's just so much motivation and passion going behind whatever that is. Um, So, I mean, even for myself, like my first, when I first was selling real estate, I think this was probably like my second or third client I actually, um, it was in like a really bad area. I was taking whatever leads I can get. And I was actually jumped. I ended up hospitalized in a neck brace um, just because of the area that I was in was so, so bad. So it was like lesson learned, but at the same token, I could have taken that and been like, you know what? I'm going to go try and sell insurance instead. I'm gonna right, Your go-
1: second or third client getting jumped like that. Yes, that's a good reason <laughs> to quit this business for sure.
0: And so many people were like, you know, Courtney, what did you do to deserve that? You know, like everyone was pointing the finger at me, like I must have done something wrong. Um, so you know, it, it that takes a lot out of you. Um, so again, just to be able to take all that energy and passion and put it into something that's going to, you know, get me better business, get me out of working in those terrible areas that are really dangerous for a, you know, smaller petite girl to be working in anyways. Um, I definitely had to learn the hard way. I think one of my favorite quotes that I always tell everyone, especially when I bring new agents onto my team is they all see the glory, but they don't know the story. And it just, it couldn't be more true. There's so much behind, you know, the success that everyone sees on social media. There's so much more that goes into it that people just discount um, all the time. So, but I, I truly think that, you know, going through those obstacles and those hard times are what molds people into who they are today and what kind of gives them the tools to, you know, get to where they are in the next part, part of their life. Um, so for me, I mean, a lot of people, they thought for sure that I was just going to be done with real estate after that. Like that was it for me. But it it really truly motivated me a little bit more. And to be honest with you, the small lawsuit I got from it too <laughs> <laughs> definitely helped with me being able to like afford to, you know, continue trying to build this career because it is very expensive in the beginning. And a lot of people, they don't talk about that. Um, when I first got into the field, this is like another story is I had ten dollars in my pocket when I first started real estate. My parents said, you know what, you're you gave up law school. We did everything we could to get you into there. So if you want to try real estate, you're on your own. We love you. But you're now 22 years old, you are an adult, you're on your own, Um, figure it out, we paved the way for you and you chose to go a different route. So starting this career with just $10 in my bank account was very humbling for me, especially after getting like my first paycheck and my second paycheck. You know, when I finally hit six figures in my bank account, it just made it, it made that process and the feeling so much better knowing that I built that myself from the ground up with everyone telling me, you can't do it. Are you going to stop? Was that it for you? Um, It was, it was really humbling for me to be able to, to see $10 in my bank account and $100,000 in my bank account within, I'd say a span of three years, really.
1: Real Estate rock stars. this is Aaron Amuchistegui with a quick commercial break with one of our newest sponsors. I'm super excited to be partnering with these guys. Does 15 to 20% ROI investing in turnkey rentals sound attractive? Did you know you can use the Burr strategy with new construction that has immediate equity already? You guys have heard me talk about stuff like this. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence out of state. If single family, multi family, new build, and syndication opportunities across multiple markets that maximize cash flow, appreciation, and equity. Rent to Retirement assists investors in learning how to build a comprehensive business plan with the best investment and tax strategies to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and systems in place. To learn more, visit rent to That's rent to retirement.com or call 1 800 311-6781. That's 800-311-6781 to learn about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. You know, and if you guys want to learn more about Zach, episode 1025, we dig in for a good 45-minute interview where he tells you the secrets to investing in real estate out of state. And him and I shared a lot of ideas about what works and what doesn't. You'll get to hear a lot about his company and his business you know if you're an agent from out of state and you've got referrals looking for stuff they work with other agents on a referral basis and we've talked so much since COVID hit that everybody needs to have a backup plan right every one of you agents needs to have a backup plan you should all be investing in real estate and if you're having trouble finding the time and the team to do it maybe something like rent to retirement is the solution for you so thank you for listening go check them out now back to the rest of our podcast The, what a what a ter- that reset at twenty two of like now you've got the tools and can you can you start over and pull it off? How did you? So you talked about leads your first year. How did you get those leads? What were the types of leads you were working?
0: So I partnered up with someone, this guy in the office. He's my real estate partner now, but at the time, you know, again, just trying to figure out what I could do. What's my next step? So I was in the office every single day just looking for work, and I could see this guy was in the office every single day, overwhelmed with too much work. So I just knocked on his door and I said, you know clearly you have too much work for the amount of hours in the day. And I'm looking for work. I have $10 to my name right now. What can I do to help you? That's also going to benefit me. I, you know, I clearly see that, you know what you're doing. I respect you. I would love the opportunity to learn under, you know, your mentorship. What can I do to help you? So he, he literally said to me, he said, you know, I, I have a client. It's like an hour and 15 minutes away. She's a cash buyer. If you can go do the showing for me, cause I don't feel like doing the drive, then we can work the deal together, and we'll split it. So I got in the car. I drove hour and a half to go show this lady on the other side of Connecticut. Um, she ended up loving the home, cash offer. We got it accepted, and ten days later, it was the biggest paycheck I had ever seen in my life. In my life. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, that for me was very motivating. I figured, you know, okay, all I really need to do, again, relationship driven, is. Find people that need help. And then from there, I can start to build my own sphere of influence based off of that. And that's exactly what I did. I partnered up with this guy and I would help him with all of his deals. Every single time he had a lead come in, I would make sure it was getting closed. I was staying on top of him, reminding him, not letting him have any of these people fall through the cracks. And then I was getting paid like 20% on all of his deals when they closed. And at that point, I was able to gain the experience of just doing showings. I was able to gain the confidence of talking to people and projecting myself as the professional. Um, and then from there, this was the real kicker was I would go to all the closings and I would make sure that I took a picture in front of that house with the sold sign. So even though, you know, I might not have been the agent that actually closed it, I wasn't lying. The house did just sell Um so I would always make sure that I was going to those houses, posting a picture of myself with the sold signs. So then I could post it on Instagram, Facebook, even Snapchat, sometimes LinkedIn and say to people just sold, reach out to Courtney. If you're looking to buy, sell rent or just vent today. And that was my thing is I, I started to realize the more pictures with my face on them, I was getting a lot more likes. So I was Taking with with what was working and running with it. So whenever I had the opportunity to take a picture of myself holding the for sale sign and like a, a cute little real estate outfit, that's what I would go and do because that's what I found was getting me the most activity. Um, and then just based off of those, showing people that hey, I'm closing deals. They don't know that like I wasn't really the one closing the deal. They have no idea. And on Facebook and Instagram, if you're not in the field, you really don't know. So really what I was doing was just going out and sharing. Like, even if someone at my company closed a deal, there was only 10 of us at the time. So I would go run out and take a picture or maybe not even take a picture. Maybe just share the picture on Facebook and say like, just sold, you know, yellow brick, real estate, blah, blah, blah. And people can do with that information what they want. If they want to think that I sold it, that's great. You know? Um, so that's kind of what I did was I would just show people, hey, I'm out in the industry. Hey, I'm you know involved in this. I'm involved in that. And people started associating Courtney with Connecticut real estate, which is my number one goal at the end of the day is when people think real estate, especially Connecticut real estate, I want Courtney to be the first one that comes to their mind. So I was just continuously staying on top of the social media thing. And it slowly just grew into you know, this whole entire thing that my company executes now, my team executes now. I think I'm just starting to see a lot more real estate companies using social media because I think they probably had the same mindset that I did with it with, you know, if we're going to do this and it works a little bit, then like, let's keep running with that. So for me being 22 years old, knowing that everyone I associate with is on Instagram, knowing that everyone my parents associate with is on Facebook, I would make sure I'd post everything to Instagram that people my age would care about. And then I would post everything to Facebook that people my parents' age would probably care more about. So maybe the people on Instagram only care about the white shiny kitchen where people on Facebook might actually care about appraisal differences and stuff like that. Um, So it was really kind trying to like play chameleon. And I tell a lot of people, I feel like there's a lot of psychology that goes into this business. And the more that you can really utilize the psychology in this field i think the more successful you'll be um again so it was just kind of tailoring where i was promoting myself to this to certain people um you know my friends are going to be more first time home buyers my parents friends are probably going to be you know listing opportunities so i tried to market myself differently to the different markets that i know are on those platforms if that makes sense even so much as i think i sold Five homes this year from LinkedIn alone, just from staying in front of people on LinkedIn that I went to college with, that like, you know, maybe we don't follow each other on Instagram for whatever reason, but we happen to have each other on LinkedIn. Um, So again, it was just picking which platforms I wanted to post certain things. I post like photo shoot content to my Instagram, but never to my Facebook. So again, there's a lot of psychology that goes behind it. I personally believe, and that's where I see a lot of success from too as well. But social media really has been my biggest thing. I'd say I probably close 90% of my deals from Instagram right now and maybe another 5% from Facebook and the other five just from you know word of mouth, friends, family, stuff like that. But for me, it's all social media right now. And I think it's partly because of the age group that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it because that's just where people are right now.
1: Are most of your people, you know first time buyers are most, of the, are most of the people your age that are finding you and asking you to represent them in, in, in a purchase?
0: Yeah, most of my people are first time home buyers. Um, and that's what I'm really excited about. I know a lot of agents they, they really like to try and get listings. But for me, I think being a younger agent, first time home buyers is the smartest route for me to go because I call it like the double dip, right? So maybe I get these people into a rental first to get out of mom and dad's house. Then in eight months, I reach back out to them and I say, okay, we're gonna start your home buying process now we get them into their first home. On closing day, I'll give them a binder with all the information on their home. And I'll say there, okay, in a couple years, when you guys are ready to have me sell this and move on to your dream home, we're going to go back and reference this binder. So hold on to it. So I'm kind of assuming future business. So now I got a rental out of them, a first time home buy out of them, their forever home out of them. And then the goal will be, you know, once their kids move off to college, then we downsize them. So, for me, I think the first time home buyers are the best route to go because you get so much guaranteed future business, at, at least if you know you're doing your business right and that you're going to get returned clients. Like, if you know, I'm pretty confident when I sell someone a home that when they're ready to sell it a couple years down the line, they're going to call me to list it. So, my thing is, if I can get as many first time home buyers right now, then that means I have future listings. Um, That means I have future, future people that are going to be looking to downsize, which is also more listings, more purchases, too, as well. So, again, relationship driven. um, I truly think that getting people younger is just going to extend my business more. I really like to know, okay, this person, this person, this person is going to definitely buy a house this year in the summertime. So those are some guaranteed paychecks that I'm going to have in the summertime. Um, So this way I'm able to kind of map it out. I'm selling these people homes now. So I don't know, maybe in five years, I'll make it my plan to reach back out to them to see if they're considering, you know, listing and moving on to their forever home or upgrading or something like that. Um, So I know a lot of agents, they love the listings, but for me, I I don't know, I love the first time home buyers and they're so appreciative and they trust me Um, again, being like a young smaller girl. It's, it's hard to get some people to take you seriously in this industry sometimes. So I found a lot of success in first time home buyers and I have a lot of fun with them. Um, and I don't know, it's great. I love what I do.
1: Yeah. The, there are so many things that you just talked about there that are so many strategies that, that are totally like examples of why, of why you're succeeding. Right. And so many things that I think a lot of agents need to hear. I'm going to unpack a couple of them. You know, really quick a summary. So, how long did you do the twenty percent deal, where you were like, "Hey, let me just help you get your stuff across the finish line, and I'll just get twenty percent of your commission with the guy?" You know? For like a
0: year, for like a year, till I started getting my own business. Dude,
1: there are so many agents that are that that, that are stressed out and don't want to join a team and don't want to work for somebody else when their share is even more than twenty percent. And yeah. like you being able to like play the long game a little bit and go, "Hey, twenty percent is better than nothing." And maybe it may, and even if I'm helping with that deal and I'm not getting paid a ton of money on the deal, it's more than I was getting paid before, but I'm also going to make sure I get everything out of it. So you were going to the closings, you were going and doing the pictures, you're going and putting it out there. And especially if you're going to first time home buyers, your story, even right as you portray it, is exactly right. It could be like, no, I've been helping this guy do his deals, but I'm yeah. going to really represent you well. Because you'll be one of my first, where I get to just focus on you, or I've been practicing for a while. Like being able to, to do the deals for such a small percentage is, you know, those team mentalities or the commission structure for early on in real estate stops so many people from being successful because they turn down opportunities to work for small amounts of money with the idea that they're going to get there. Another example where you use that was doing leases for people. Like there are so many people that, like, there's a few agents that I've interviewed over the last year that they, that they started with that. But there's also an attitude of some agents that say, "I don't want to work with young buyers. I don't want to work with first-time home buyers. It's going to be too much work. Or I'm not going to work on leases because that's going to be too much work uh, to go do it and make any money." But you're looking at that like, if you do the lease, it's a, it, yes. That's a lot of work for a smaller paycheck, or could be. But then when you go ha- help them buy a house, that's actually pretty easy. That's an easy formula. Like you help somebody with the lease, and eight months later, you say, "Let's help you." go buy a house now, or you buy the house. And on closing day, you're saying, Hey, in a few years, I'm going to list this for you. And we'll pull this out back then. So that way they actually, there was a couple times that we sold someone a house, right. Represented both sides. And a few years later, they sold it to somebody else. And I, and the, uh, and they said at that time, we were, we were essentially, we would buy beat up foreclosures. We'd fix them and sell them. And when we asked them about it later. They said, Oh, we didn't know that you actually would want to sell this. We, th- we knew you were so busy with your other with the properties that yeah. you owned as a developer. And it was like thinking just that simple little thing that says, and hey, in a few years when you sell this, I'll be ready to help you. Like the, just that little thing, they would have been like, oh, you also do that. That's great. I had no idea that you also did that. The um, I think those are kind of some great things. And then also what you said about like Instagram versus Facebook, right? They're, versus LinkedIn versus YouTube. Every place has different content, and I think that there's a lot of like data providers. I mean, Instagram even makes it really easy right now to say post this exact same thing to Facebook, and the lazy part of us wants to go like, "Yep, put it in both places," right. or, or to even say, "And you can post it to Twitter at the same time, right?" Do you want to? Put, but yes, what I post to Instagram should not go to Twitter and Facebook at the same time because it's totally different content, totally different yes. stuff that people want to see.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely, and people just they have a hard time differentiating that and acknowledging that they think it's just as click as 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 easy as a click um, and it's really not there's a lot more that goes into it so i mean my goal is i know i'm doing a lot of social media right now just trying to scale and get as much more business as i can but i'm really trying to build this database that i have so i eventually don't have to be doing all that and i eventually can just be running off of all the referrals that are coming in but i think you have to acknowledge especially being as young as i am now i'm 27 now But still, I think you have to acknowledge where you're at, right? And be able to say, okay, I haven't been doing this for 50 years. I haven't earned the right to, you know, just be basing my whole career off of referrals. You know, maybe in 15 years, 10 years, something like that. Great. Then maybe I've earned that right. But right now I'm still earning the right to be able to do those things. So I think being able to be very realistic and humble, there's a lot of agents in my office that You know, they did 20 million last year, which is amazing, but they're not doing much now um, because, you know, they just think that having that title as a $20 million producer is going to always be able to get them business. And unfortunately, it's not. You still have to keep moving. Um, So I think that's what's going to separate a lot of the uh, customers from hustlers in the future for sure.
1: Yeah. So 90% of your stuff comes from social media. Let's, let's teach our listeners a little bit about that process. So you're, you're sharing stuff on there. You're interacting with people. Are they sending you a message later and saying like, Hey, I'm thinking about buying a house. Do you have calls to action in social media? How do you take it from social media to a CRM?
0: Sometimes. So like, I I really, I don't like to present myself as a salesperson, salesy, 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 but I do like everyone to know that, you know, I I am a real estate agent. So I try and only post stuff that people are going to actually care about you'll see a lot of agents they go through and they'll do like a two minute long tour of this, like, you know, dumpy $200,000 house that nobody cares about. Um, I'm, I'm selling dumpy two, $200,000 houses all the time. But like, I, I'm not posting it on my social media all the time, because people don't care enough to see that unless you're like an investor looking for a good deal or something, then yeah, maybe. But I try and post stuff that I think people are going to care about. So, you know, like. Last week I posted an opportunity. It was a three-family home. So in the the caption I said um, it was on my story. I said you could live in this home, have your mortgage paid for, and profit a thousand dollars a month. Um, like DM me if you're interested. And I got fifteen solid buyer leads just from that one Instagram story. Wow. Um, another example is like I put a, a poll up, a yes or no poll at the beginning of the year, and I said, are you interested in achieving homeownership in 2022? 80 people from that poll said yes. So what I did was I messaged all 80 of those people and I didn't just send the exact same generic message to every person. I tailored it to, you know, if I know them, if that's our relationship, you know, maybe if I know the person well enough, I threw an LOL at the end or something. So you really want to personalize everything and make people realize that like you want to help them. You're not just a robot sending stuff out. So, you know, maybe I I messaged one person, I said, you know, Hey, John, I saw that you said yes in my poll the other day. (laughs) Ha ha. If you're actually interested in buying a home this year, I would love the opportunity to help you out. Just shoot me a text and we can get the ball rolling whenever you're ready and leave it at that. You know, it's when you tell people I would love the opportunity to work with you, I would love the opportunity to help you. They really reciprocate that well. Like, wow, this person really respects me and thinks that highly of me that they want an opportunity to like help me buy a house. Um, again, it's like the psychology. So, you know, maybe I said that to John, but maybe to like someone that I've been talking to for years that has been, you know, just kind of on the fence about buying for years. Maybe I messaged them and say, hey, like, just saw you said yes. Like, you know, this year's your year, year. We're going to do it. Let's get you pre-approved. Give me a call and I'm going to send you my mortgage guy's contact info. So it's like different for each person, but you're making sure you touch every single one of those people. If you have 80 people saying yes, Courtney. I want to buy a home in 2022. I would be insane not to go message all 80 of those people. But that's the difference between very successful real estate agents and just the mediocre ones. Is the mediocre ones will throw the poll up just to have fun. The successful ones do it with so much of a strategy behind it that you know we're not just putting up polls to put up polls. We're putting up polls to try and get new business and try and scale our business for 2022 even more. So that's the difference is you have to be able to put stuff out there that people actually care about. And then when they do reciprocate it, be able to convert that lead. So like, even if I, I'll post a house, I posted a house the other day and someone was like, you know, what's the address. So I respond back and I say, Oh, like this one, multiple offers are due by five o'clock tonight, unfortunately, but I'm happy. I would love to help you find something similar to this one if you would like that's my like number one thing is I'll post houses on my story. People will ask me about it and I'll say, oh, you know, I'm sorry, this one's actually already taken, but there's a bunch of other ones really similar to it. If you'd like, I'll send you those and we can set up some showings this week. So just being able to kind of take something and instead of saying, oh, sorry, it's already under contract, being able to say, oh, well, I can find you something similar to it though, and getting them excited about that. Um, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of psychology that goes into it that I just don't think people realize. And a lot of people are um, you know, losing out on a lot of business just by not sending that message back. Um, so it's not always just people messaging me saying like, hey, I want to buy a house. It's more so like they like a post or they click a poll or something and I reach out to them or they respond to a story of something and I'm able to kind of convert it and move that conversation into a different route. So but it's being able to like pick up those leads and keep them is what I think people have difficulty with.
1: Yeah, those are some really simple to follow tips you just gave there. Like yeah. I think that, I think that's great. Those the, the two ones of of hey, here's a deal that's out there, and here's the here's the cash flow and who wants it. And then you know it's just like just like Courtney just said, some like social media tips out there. People are way more willing to click on a poll. Then, then say, if she says DM me, if you want to sell your house, not very likely. Right. Yes. But say like, Hey, do you, are, do you have an interest in selling your house this year? Hey, do you have an interest in buying a house this year or, or making it sound cool? Like achieving home ownership, right? That's like, that's not just buying a house. That's like, like you've reached another level of your life. Do you want to achieve home ownership this year? People are like, yes, the, the, so many more likely. And then being able to take that. So starting with a poll, you get a few people to like do those soft, soft touches back. And then being able to to reach out, I think any one of the listeners can go post a poll like that today, right? And get and and just try it. See how many people say yes. Send them some messages and see what what comes out. Courtney, this has been awesome. What are you going to do over the next year? What what are your goals for twenty twenty two?
0: Oh, my God. So I am um, in the process of getting my broker's license right now. So actually, I'm taking that course within the next couple of months. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm growing my team right now. so that's a really big thing. We officially have eleven agents on the team. Um, this past year, we did twenty five million in sales volume. So our goal is to do a little bit more, um, you know, for twenty twenty two. so, we're just building right now. I'm actually heading to the office from here. We're get, having it totally renovated right now. So I'm excited to see what work they've gotten done during this time. But um just building. I'm really appreciative to be here. I'm so appreciative to have, you know, this title as 30 under 30 Realtor Magazine. I recently won um number one real estate agent on social media in Connecticut too as well. So that's something that I take a lot of pride in. Um, cause I just, I think that's where we all see the industry really is going and it's kind of already landed at now. It's, it's all social media.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you are growing the making moves. You know, before we hit record, I asked you, you know, had you heard the podcast before? Had you, had had you, had you heard about the podcast? Um, and you said, you said yes. And you, and you said something about the, uh, the concept of every agent kind of has a different story. has a different plan. The
0: yeah.
1: elaborate on that a second.
0: Yeah. So I mean, when I first started getting into real estate, I, I quickly realized how differently everyone conducts their business. And I realized that you kind of can do whatever you want with this, with this license. Um, so I was listening to a lot of different podcasts because I was just trying to get different perspectives on how people conduct their business and how people achieve success in the field, especially being someone that came from nothing and had no handouts, no one in the field. Um, It was really important for me to listen to your podcast and other similar podcasts too, as well, just to kind of compare and be able to form my own opinion on how I want to conduct my business and how I want to present myself. So we even, we tried doing our own podcast too, called the movement for a little bit, but it just, it came out to be a lot, But it was very insightful. And I think it's really good to acknowledge that you don't have to run your business like the person sitting next to you or the people in your office, you have to do what works for you. Um, and I think that's what I quickly realized is whatever's working for you is what you really should should run with.
1: Yeah, I really love that. So the so Courtney, there's going to be listeners that are going to want to reach out to you. There's going to be listeners that are going to want to send their Connecticut buyers over to you or yeah, ask you for advice or get tips on how to join 30 Under 30. What's the best way for people to reach out for you and any final thoughts you'd want to give?
0: Reach out to me at my Instagram, Court McManus, C-O-U-R-T-M-C-M-A-N-U-S. I am always on there. Um, I also have my phone number, my email on there too as well. So reach out to me through Instagram and I would love to help anyone that has anyone relocating in Connecticut, Um, you know, even just considering Connecticut. If you have any Connecticut referrals, Connecticut's a very small state. So we do cover the whole entire state. I would love to be your girl if uh, you guys have anyone coming this way
1: yeah I think that's awesome you're saying to me like like Connecticut's a small place like the not a lot of people can say when you think of when you think of Texas think of me when you think of California think of me like no if you think of Connecticut think of me and you will have them taken care of Courtney congrats again so much on the thirty under thirty title you know these are always really really fun interviews for me because it are uh, you know you got to talk to today about goal setting you got to talk today about taking like people rooting against you as fuel to succeed and so many different actionable tips and not giving up when you can you know the uh, I can see why you've done well uh, so quickly in real estate and why you got that 30 under 30. so thanks so much for coming on the show today
0: thanks for having me Aaron I really appreciate it and I uh, look forward to talking to you in the future
1: yeah we'll have you on again real estate rock stars thanks for listening have a good one